is Red House Rising, Season 3, Episode 3, No Easy Way Down. Matsuyama, Japan. Fumiko sits opposite Nick Nikura and watches as he finishes a bowl of noodles. Mm. Is it satisfactory? Mm. More than satisfactory. It's delicious. Don't forget to breathe occasionally. Please excuse me. I'm teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought... Ryo, this is Prince Nikura. I know who he is. Good to know you, Ryo. It's Nick. Call me Nick. I took rice to the cripple ladies and old Mikura-san. I'd like to go now. Ryo. I'll come back when he's gone. I'm sorry. My son, sometimes he is jealous of me, of my time, especially of a man like you. I understand. It's hard for a son. He misses his father. Like so many sons. What happened? He was shot down last winter in China. Now Rio wants to join the Air Force like his father. Mm. I'm ashamed, but I pray the war ends before he's old enough. Unfortunately, the more desperate our generals become, the younger the men they will take. I should go. Thank you, Fumiko, for the delicious meal. It was my pleasure to make it for you, Prince Nikura. Nick. Changshen. Sunrise. What? Nothing. Mailing. I'm going to dress. You've really taken to motherhood. You have as well. What do you mean? I think you think about motherhood more than I do. Liang, she needs to get to school safely. Your mother and father said they'd take her. While we can, while we're here, one of us should be with her. Liang, more than anything, that's how much I want you. You know that, yes? Tell me you do. I know. And I love you too, Mailing. More than anything. Lie down again. Let me go take care of our Fen Li, and then I'm coming back and taking care of only you. You had another dream last night. You were so mad you couldn't find someone, and then you sat up and started crying. I did not. You did. I held you and laid you back down. I don't think you were ever awake. I don't know. You better go. Kiss her for me? You know, Madame Sun could have said, no thank you, not interested in unifying China. But she didn't. No. She knew exactly what she was being asked to do. She didn't bat an eye, she said yes. 
I hope you're right. I worry she's not thinking clearly. She has such hatred for Chang, and too much trust in Mao. Get back in bed. Try to sleep. I'll be back soon. Yangtze River, Yichong, China. A camouflage-painted staggerwing float plane flies slow and low along the river, its pontoons nearly touching the water. Mike is the pilot, Reggie Pao sits in the co-pilot seat, and Schumacher sits in back, next to two tightly packed knapsacks. You know these guys, these people. Ching Po, you'll see them. Schumacher, you all set? Yeah, me and my girls, we're, uh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> just hoping for a nice, gentle landing. Your girls, huh? Yeah, beautiful, but don't get them mad. Highly volatile. There they are. Okay, Schumacher, hold on to your girls. Mike throttles back and drops the float plane onto the river. A longboat with two men aboard pulls alongside. Here we go. See you on the round trip. Yes, you will. All right, careful. Very carefully, guys. That, that, that's it. Thanks for the ride, Mike. We go. Maui, Hawaii. Joe is at the controls of her big twin-engine float plane on final approach at Pu'unene Naval Air Station. Ben Baldwin sits in the co-pilot seat. Two other men sit in back. The rest of the plane is filled with crates and flight cases of various sizes. So, you know Pu'unene. We tested out there last year. Just be careful. Why? It's where the Navy does its fighter training. Everywhere you look, hotshot fighter pilots. And a girl like you... I'll try to control myself. <laughs> no, I'm only saying a gorgeous girl like you, you never know. Never mind. Wait, hold on. Maui NAS, Maui NAS, this is JRB4, seagoing, looking for a tie-up, over. Okay, go on. A gorgeous woman like me? And you are a gorgeous woman. Uh, jeez. I'm usually smoother. Oh, you're still pretty smooth, Dr. Baldwin. JRB4, JRB4, this is Maui NAS. Is this a woman's air service delivery, ma'am? We don't see any deliveries expected. Over. Maui NAS, this is JRB4. I'd like a code check. Lightning bug 171375. Repeat code check. Lightning bug 171375. Over. Okay, JRB4, we got you now. And you're clear for landing. Mooring Niner East. Repeating, Mooring Niner East. Over. Roger, Niner East. Thank you, sir. Over and out. Joe, look, I have to make sure all the gear back there is still in working order. But after that, uh, would you let me take you to dinner? I know a little place on the beach. Oh, I'll bet you know a little place on the beach. I don't know. I'm going to have my hands full with all those pilots. Oh, come on. 
Think of all the fun you'll have teasing me mercilessly. That does sound like fun. Okay, Ben. I'll have dinner with you. Huzzah! Huzzah to you, too. Honolulu, Hawaii. Walt and Maru are in the airfield workshop, where they have the engine hoisted out of Keeney's old pickup truck. That's... that's good. Here. Here. Let me... Okay, wait. Let me get underneath there and, and tighten that first, or it's gonna... All right. You're right. I don't think this is the first time she's had this truck rebuilt. You're not wrong about that. Keeney uses this truck for everything. That's why we're gonna get back to her lickety-split. I heard Keeney asking you about Taka and the woman. She was upset. Oh, I feel so bad for her. And that family. And Taka. What a mess. You and Ruby are trying to help them. We all are. And she knows that. She's so, so grateful. Who's this coming? There. All right. All tight. Hello, son. How can I help you? Hello, sir. I'm Kai Okana. I'm looking for someone. A girl? Maru? Yes? Ah, hi. You're working on this truck? I am. Anything mechanical. The girl's got a genius for it. Why are you looking for me? Yeah, Sister Elaine wanted me to find you because the school got tickets for a movie. And it's tonight before curfew. And there's a bunch of us going, and Sister thought you should definitely join us. Well, I've got to finish what I'm working on. Now, now, I can take it from here. You go have fun. Uncle Walt, you said... Maru, if Sister Elaine sent poor Kai out here to get you, you need to go. We're meeting at 6 in front of the Miramar Theater downtown, so you still have some time to do whatever it is you're doing. Valve job. Valve job? Oh. I'll be there. Thank you. Sure. See you later. Nice enough boy, don't you think? Sister sure thinks he is. Camp Iroquois, Honolulu, Hawaii. Top secret POW camp for high value Japanese prisoners. Sue Ann sits alone at a table in a windowless room. That's fine. Thank you. Hello, Sue Ann. Hello. How are you doing? How am I doing? What is this place? I want to talk to a lawyer, and I want to see my son. Mackie is doing well. He's missing you. But your grandmother is taking good care of him. How do you know that? And who's taking care of my grandmother? Tell me that. 
Well, I've spoken to your grandmother. It strikes me that she can take care of herself. This is wrong. I'm Hawaiian, not Japanese. You can't hold me like this. I know you have a lot of questions, and so do we. I have told them everything, every last thing I did or said or Taka did or said since December 7th when he saved my son's life. I understand, and I've read those notes, and I believe you and Taka. Is he all right? Where is Taka? They haven't hurt him, have they? He's all right now. The MPs were rough with him at first, but they try to take a different approach here. A different approach? Is Taka here? What camp is this? See? So many questions. Where you are is a special camp where we're focused on ending the war and bringing democracy to Japan. Oh, is that all? That's all. Taka was a peace envoy. He's against the war. The night they interned my father, my father begged Taka to protect his family. And that's all Taka has been doing, taking care of me and my son and my grandmother. But you're in love with him, Sue Ann. Am I correct? I love him, and he loves me. Don't you think it's possible your love for him has blinded you? Has kept you from thinking clearly? You've explained why Taka did what he did. But what about you, Sue Ann? What was your plan? Late afternoon, central China. Alice drives a sedan out of the mountains above Changshin. Roger rides beside her, and Liang rides in back. It's easy to see. She's focused. She's nobody's fool. She is Madame Sun Yat-sen. She is an icon who understands how to play her role, and people love her in that role. She despises him, Chang. It's palpable. He kept smiling at her, but she just can't look at him. Could you? What if the Generalissimo had that pilot of yours assassinated? May May. All right. Her sister, Madame Chang, was noticeably missing. But when is she ever in Chongqing? She's always running off to New York to avoid the war. It's disgusting. I can't excuse her. I can't explain it. She was always at the front in the early days, but now, there's no explaining it. She's seeing specialists for a skin condition. What? Military intelligence keeps track of her. Well, that's one explanation. The hiding from Chang and this war is another. Mei Ling waits on a busy corner outside a school in the Chongxin city center. Young girls in school uniforms stream by. Hey, there you are. Oh, Mei Ling, I didn't see you. Zhao Mei Mei, how did your day go? It was okay. I got assigned more things than anybody. Oh, Finley, that's too bad. No, it's a good thing. I need to catch up. All right. As long as you can handle the work. I can handle anything now. That's what Leong told me. And she's right. She's right, you can. What's that for? Mei Ling! It's all right. We need to get
get off the street now. Fenley, come on. Girls! Girls! Everyone, to the tunnel! Get to the tunnel! There! The tunnel's just there! Mainly! I've got you! This way! This way! Into the tunnel! Everyone! How did you read Cho and Lai? He and Chang spoke privately for a moment. It was Cho and Lai who convinced Chang to stop attacking the communists and unite against the Japanese. If Cho agreed with our aims, if Madame Song could count on his help now. Exactly. We need to speak with him, but we must be careful. Liang can tell you. Zhou Enlai personally directs all of CCP intelligence. The communist networks are extensive. So Reggie Powell keeps telling me. Still, I think Zhou is motivated. Mao's cult grows by the day with no room for thought from anyone else. Japanese? Mei Ling, she's in the city with Feng Li today. people down there, but... Here. We'll stop up here. Jaja, no. Liang, what can we do? Alice pulls the sedan off the road and into a field of fruit trees. She crosses the field to a bluff overlooking Chongshan. Below, the city is on fire as bombs continue no. to fall. They'll be okay. No. There are tunnels and shelters. No. No. My God. Downtown Honolulu at dusk. Maru and Kai are in the crowd of kids leaving the Miramar Theater. Put them up. Put them up. I'll fight you with one hand tied behind my back. Ah, pulling an axe on me, huh? I'll get you, my pretty. And your little dog, So, what did you think, Maru? It was for kids, Wizard of Oz. But it was, you know... It was good. I liked it. I liked the wizard. Thank you for inviting me, Kai. Well, sister, you know, but <laughs> I'm glad you came. She was right. Uh, Dorothy, I mean, in the movie, she was right. About what? There is no place like home. I believe that. Yeah. I guess you're right. I grew up in Hawaii. There's no place like it. Hey, easy, lady. A Japanese woman hurries past them and jostles Kai as she goes by. Mrs. Kagawa? The woman hurries on without looking back. I think I know her. That woman. Well, she's probably, if she's going down there. I, I just want to say hello. Maru starts to follow the woman, but Kai puts his arm around her and starts to lead her away. Maru, you don't want to go- Get your hands off! Ow, jeez, I was just- Don't touch me! Okay. 
But you don't want to go down that way, Maru. Just leave me alone. Don't worry about me. Don't worry. I won't. See ya. Maru turns back, but the Japanese woman has disappeared. Down the street, sailors and soldiers are everywhere, many of them standing in long lines. Pu'unene Naval Air Station, Maui. It's late, past lights out. Joe and Ben leave a small club on the beach with blacked out windows, where there's still a party going on from the sound of it. They walk along the shore in the moonlight. Joe pulls off her shoes. Well, Dr. Baldwin, that was fun. You said you knew a little place. Here, let me carry those for you. My shoes? Yeah, here. Okay, if you insist. Whoa, anybody ever tell you you've got big feet? Not until just now. (laughs) That's a good thing. Keeps you, you know, upright. (laughs) Keep digging. I'm serious. Hmm. Joe, can I ask you... Um, He's one of them. A fighter pilot. In China. Somewhere. In case that's what you were wondering about. Oh, sure. I don't know. He may have stopped writing. Hmm. That's not fun. No, it isn't. But this has been lovely, Ben. You know, I'm just a sucker for these black sand beaches in the moonlight. I can't help it. Especially in the company of a beautiful woman. Uh, before you... Before tomorrow, when you show me how we're going to own the electronic battlefield, is that it? Before we do that, I really need a good night's sleep. Right, of course. You and me both, Joe. Let me walk you to your room. That's all right. I know my way. But before I go, Ben, let me relieve you of your burden. My what? My shoes. (laughs) Oh, right. Here you go. But just so you know, Miss Joe McMenemy, You really are beautiful in this moonlight. That's sweet. Thanks, Ben. You're not so bad yourself. Yangtze River, Yichong, China. Mike lands the staggering float plane and feathers the engine. What the hell? The longboat with Reggie and the two men pull up alongside the float plane. Reggie, what's going on? Where's Schumacher? The short answer is, I don't know. And these two won't wait. Hey, hold on there. Hey! Don't waste your breath. They're not coming back. We left our precious cargo in all the right places. Everything went fine until Schumacher and his guide ran up on a Japanese patrol and the two of them got separated. The guide came back, said the patrol was close by, and they weren't waiting for Schumacher to turn up. So you thought, what, we'd just leave him? Of course not. How close can you get this plane to the beach? I can put it on the beach. Climb in. I'll ride out here. You better get in. 
Mike points the stagger wing toward a muddy section of shore. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time before... Uh, Mike, it's not a big beach. Hold tight to something. Mike stomps hard on the plane's left rudder, and the plane turns sharply and goes into a spin, the pontoons throwing up waves of spray. Oh, okay. The plane continues to spin even as it's headed straight for the beach. Suddenly, Mike reverses rudder and shuts down the engine in time to keep the plane drifting straight toward shore, but backwards now. How am I doing? Take a look, will you? You're spot on. The float plane bumps and slides up the muddy beach backwards. Good little plane. I've never seen anyone do that before. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> anyway, let's find Schumacher and get out of here. Better if you wait here, Mike. I know where Schumacher disappeared. Disappeared? The Jinkbo said he and Schumacher saw the Japanese patrol. He turned around and Schumacher was gone. I should come with you. I know where it happened. I'll find him. Take my 45 then. <laughs> no thanks. Not my cup of oolong. Reggie runs up through the forest until she reaches a stand of tall trees along a ridge. She picks up a trail there and follows it along the ridge down into a wooded valley. Stay sharp now, Reg. Quickly and quietly, she slips from tree to tree as she crosses the valley. Why are you so quiet, little birdies? Reggie takes another step and freezes. Here we go. She peers through the undergrowth and sees a five-man Japanese patrol sleeping under the trees. Well, there's a patrol. Doesn't look like they found him. A sentry sits against a tree, but he's the one who's snoring. Where are you, Schumacher? I hear you, but I don't see you. Yoo-hoo, I don't see you. Where is that? Are you kidding me? Reggie spots Schumacher hiding in the top of the tree directly above the Japanese sentry. Oh, come on. Schumacher waves to Reggie, then points at his wristwatch. I know, we're nearly out of time. But Schumacher keeps nodding yes and giving Reggie the thumbs up. Why the hell are you in such a good mood, Schumacher? The Japanese soldiers stir, all except the sentry, who continues to snore. Not asleep, not asleep. The soldiers jump up, grab their rifles, and run in the direction of the explosion. The sentry flinches, then jumps up and hurries after the other soldiers. Schumacher quickly climbs down out of the tree. Reggie joins him. Of all the trees, in all the forests, in all the world, they camp under mine. How did you get up there? Very quickly. Sounds like we blew both fuel tanks. <laughs> I was hoping that was going to wake him up. The Japanese sentry comes running back to the camp, then stops short when he sees Reggie and Schumacher standing at the base of the tree. Hey, pal, what'd you forget? The startled sentry lifts his rifle. Schumacher whips out his 45, but Reggie's faster than both of them, 
launching a swallowtail knife that hits the sentry in the throat, slashing his jugular. All right, kids, all right, time to go. That's close. What's going on up there? Mike cocks his 45 and runs into the trees. He's met immediately with flying bullets, sending him diving for cover. When he looks up, he can see Reggie and Schumacher coming over the ridge. Schumacher turns back and fires twice, then races down the hill after Reggie. Mike gets back to the float plane and fires up the engine. All right, darling, show me what you got. The plane starts sliding down the muddy beach into the river. Reggie and Schumacher come sprinting out of the trees. Come on, guys, come on. Reggie reaches the float plane first and jumps onto a pontoon just as it slides free at the beach. Schumacher stops at the water's edge, turns and throws a hand grenade at the trees, then runs into the river and swims for the plane. Mike looks back and sees Reggie on the right pontoon, but there's no one on the left. Where is he? Reggie! He's there! He's almost... Reggie scrambles to the back of the pontoon, where Schumacher is fighting to hold on as the plane gathers speed and he's dragged through the water. Reggie climbs down, grabs Schumacher by his jacket, and heaves him up onto the pontoon. I got him! Go! Go! We're going! Hang on! The float plane takes off with Reggie and Schumacher still out on the pontoon. Hey, you all right? Yeah, I think so. Think he'll let us ride inside? Maybe if we ask nicely. Red House Rising was produced, written, and directed by Chris Cote and Dale Carey. Episode four is next.